Hi, welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist Podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 5, Episode 10. Can you believe it? I kind of can. It's It's been dragging on for five seasons. (laughs) No, how is it only Episode 10? Yeah. Wow, Season 5. Season five. Did episode that only dawn on me right now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We still got more too. This is not the season finale. We discovered that. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Season five is going to fifteen episodes. That's it. Just so you guys know. Yeah, I think it's good for accountability. Yeah. And like this week was a little crazy, so we're doing our recording on Thursday. But next week we'll be back earlier in the week. We yeah. promise. We're gonna be a weekly podcast god on apple. damn it god damn apple it apple podcast son of a bitch you're gonna fucking hear it all right so what happened last week that's worth mentioning uh in the whole <laughs> mma boxing weird state of everything uh universe good news for mma fighters who are trying to give boxing a shot uh tito ortiz got knocked the fuck out by anderson silva in the first round um I am not, I have never been, and if anything, I would have got into MMA earlier if I ever was a Tito Ortiz fan. I am not a Tito Ortiz fan. I believe, did you not make that clear last episode? I'm just making it clear again. Okay. How much I fucking hate this dude <laughs> and how much pleasure I got in seeing him get knocked the fuck out. Okay. Um, the only other, I guess, interesting fact or whatever storyline to come I out of this is interesting. Is interesting is that on the flight home, Ortiz had a first class uh, seat, but the airplane messed up his and his girlfriend uh, tickets for whatever reason. So his girlfriend didn't have a, uh, a seat on the flight home. Anderson Silva gave up his first class seat for her. That was so nice. Like I kicked your ass. And I'm gonna let your girlfriend take my seat. Is there like, anything better than that? Than kicking someone's ass and then being classy? I don't think there's anything better. Like, I love I love that Anderson Silva's having this like what do you call it? Uh world tour like pr- before breaking up or something or like I last know. Even sort like of Chris Weidman recently was talking to him yeah. and about him and is just like he's just so nice. Like I think I'm, I might like officially call myself an Anderson Silva fan now. Wow. After all the years. After all the years. After all the years of him being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing I guess that happened that uh, fight night too was Vitor Belfort beat Evander Holyfield in a last minute fight. I don't know, man. Vitor was supposed to fight Oscar De La Hoya, but Oscar De La Hoya disappointed the world yet again, just like <laughs> as he always does. He got COVID and survived. Uh, <gasps> don't say it like that. Sorry. RIP Norm MacDonald. I've just <laughs> I've been listening to so much Norm MacDonald that now I try to make jokes that are just really mean and yeah. fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. Why is it okay when he says things? I <laughs> RIP, man. Uh, but I don't understand why anyone let Evander... 58-year-old Holyfield step in on a week's notice and fucking fight this guy. Both fights were exhibitions, so they didn't count, but the brain trauma lasts forever. I didn't see any of it. I only heard people talk about it and read... Me me tell you about it? Yeah, read the text exchange with Patrick Grady. Um, The only thing I heard was that like Vitor Belfort was like, he celebrated, and it was like, take it down a a notch. It was like just weird. Like, you could celebrate a win, but... 
It's not People's that impressive. Like that. And, and my man's definitely on steroids. So Oh, he, I heard that too. Yeah, for sure. He was on steroids in, in when he was in the UFC. That's why that's why uh Michael Bisping is like basically blind in his eye because of Belfort hit him in the fucking face on TRT. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so fuck Vitor Belfort. All right. Anyway, what's happening this week? Well, first, there's still no PFL, but that's all right. The end of October is going to be great. There is Bellator on Saturday. It's like not a good card. I'm, I don't even understand it. Naaman Gracie is the only name we know. My man Naaman. That's it. Other than the main fight, which is Yoel Romero versus Phil Davis. And that maybe is, is, is exciting. It's Yoel Romero's first fight in Bellator since he left the UFC. So, like, are you interested in that? Man, I'm interested in it, but I'm not trying to stay up till 12.15 on a fucking Friday or whatever No, it's it is. Saturday. Saturday. Even, I'm not interested in staying up past 8.15 for that Thank fight. Thank you. Yeah. That was beautiful, honey. I You're, really thought about it. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you were going later and then brought it I back. Would stay, I would stay awake past 8 for that fight. Yes, I would. Wow. But not, not not much more. Thankfully for the UFC, their fights are much earlier on Saturday. So I can guarantee I'll be watching that. Prelims start at four and the main card is at seven on ESPN Plus. I'm excited to like sit down and watch a few of these fights actually. Raquel Pennington is biting, Joaquin Buckley is biting, Ian Kutalaba's fighting. Like, I feel like Ian Kutalaba's been fighting on every fucking fight card. Really? He's but I don't not. know. He's <laughs> not, he hasn't been. There are 15 fights currently, like, I guess that's so many for only having a handful of people we're interested in, um, and really it's only the main event, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. I'm excited to see that. Like, not just I want to see it, now I'm excited to see what, that. What, the main the main fight? Yeah. Have you read my notes about it in the top three? Is that what got you excited? Because no. I'm about to get our friends no. and listeners right now it's excited. It's because I listen to another podcast where <gasps> I did I did wow where Anthony Smith was talking all right you want to want to give our friends an alert yeah we got a we <laughs> no, it's not a we a we what kind of noise is it <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Greek guy alert <laughs> <laughs> That's like that, you should have made it sound Greeky I was I, was, I, I played Atomico babe oh that was that yeah oh yeah. That wasn't good. <laughs> Maybe you should just insert. He's insert not- where? <laughs> insert music here that's really Greek. Great job, babe. Thanks. <laughs> and great job telling you what to do. Yeah. Uh, Chris Osiagos is fighting. So, uh, yeah, for, this is your first official Greek guy alert. And uh, I don't even think he's like even remotely Greek. I think he just got a Greek ass name. He's from California. You know what? That's good enough for us. There's going to be more coming up. There's going to be more coming up for sure. Because um, why? We have George Kambosos fighting uh, your boy Teofimo Lopez from Brooklyn. They're fighting in boxing next month. So in a couple weeks. There's a Greek eye alert right there, too. Mm-hmm. And there's another Greek eye alert. The guy who knocked out Stylebender in kickboxing bad. I forget mm-hmm. his name. I think his name is Alex Pajera. Does that make sense? No. That's that's the name of the guy who we said Andreas looks like. 
whatever uh look it up while i keep talking about this guy this kickboxer is fucking crazy dangerous and he had a mma fight not too long ago a couple months ago where he knocked someone fucking dead it was bad he knocked the guy out and the guy didn't fucking move for like close to 10 minutes it was a really really bad knockout he just got signed by the ufc and his first fight is going to be legit greek guy training and living in greece i think he's the only real greek guy in the ufc andrea michalidis Andrea, you're my boy. We watched him win his yeah. first UFC. Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared for you. Oh no! Just because the other guy's so good. Don't be scared. I'm not gonna be scared because Michalid is gonna get the upset. All right, and it was Alex Pajera. You were right. right. No right, bullshit. Right. And then just before we get in the top three, I'm gonna fucking just say this shit, man. With all this Jake Paul boxing stuff that's been going on, I'm just gonna call it all the circus boxing. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bellator is the biggest loser out of all of it. Because, why? Because all these boxing events are like kind of fun, even though they're ridiculous. Some of them are ridiculous. The Triller stuff is like, fuck Triller. They're just too, they're too much. But Showtime Boxing is doing like a good, definitely did a good job with the Jake Paul Woodley thing of like trying to do something a little bit different, you know, to try to stand out. And they are getting all this fucking press. Bellator, man, they're just trudging along doing the same fucking shit and not changing anything man and you know we love ourselves bellator but we're gonna tell you time and time again we can't fucking find out where to watch the fights bellator we've told you before we can't tell what time it's gonna start we can't tell what the order of the fucking fights are and man you guys got to do something fun or fast or whatever and i'm trying we got to reach out to our uh fellow podcasters big john mccarthy and josh thompson yeah i know and like we love them so much we love them bellator listen to them let them fucking do this shit yeah you have the right crew so all right that's our whole preface let's get to the top three yours (laughs) get the fuck out of here You had something to say about Anthony Smith. I jumped the gun apparently a little bit. So start our top three. Yeah, you tried to take my points, okay? So that's okay. Uh, inside Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. I actually really like this fight. Anthony Smith is on a roll, winning two in a row after losing a few, but he lost to some of the best fighters in light heavyweight history. He showed his last two <laughs> fighters that he has outclassed them by getting the rub from the dudes who beat him. Ryan Spann, however, is coming into his own. He's got a g- really good story. Uh, lots of wins on the regional scene. He got knocked out on Dana White's contender series the first time, came back a year later and won by guillotine and got a UFC contract. He actually has like five guillotines and you know i'm a big guillotine fan uh he's been undefeated in the ufc uh but had a silly and then bad loss to johnny walker why was Uh, it silly because they were both it was i think it was johnny walker walker's first fight after (laughs) remember johnny walker won at msg and celebrated and like broke his fucking elbow his first fight back was against him and i rewatched it and like ryan span rocked him hard like a couple times and then couldn't really finish and then they had one where they both hit each other at the same time Mm -hmm. and they both got rocked and ryan span should kind of had the advantage coming out of that double rocking but somehow uh it was just weird johnny walker won and he and and i don't remember whatever all right Uh, anyway we we saw it i forget it was it was on a pretty big card at the end of last year when they were still not doing uh public events or whatever um 
but whatever. So he was undefeated in the UFC, lost to Johnny Walker, and then came back and then beat the fuck out of Misha Serkarov. So uh, that that fight, <laughs> that fight during Serkarov was during the infamous <laughs> Edwards versus Muhammad card, which we watched while driving on the Belt Parkway. <laughs> Um, so I'm excited. I think both fighters could benefit from a great close fight here. Mm-hmm. Anthony Smith could show that he's really cream of the crop and light heavyweight still. And Ryan Spann, I think he has the opportunity to really show like he, uh, you know, could make an impact on the light heavyweight division. Yeah, I think Ryan Spann is like coming in a little too hot though. Like I like he's trying to sell the fight. Has he been? I haven't seen well, any. He's like talking trash on Anthony Smith and oh, like really? getting really intense anytime they had a face off and like his promo for the fight. He's like really intense because <laughs> that's how people talk when they're really intense. Oh, yeah. And Anthony Smith is just like, you're a dork, man. Like, we don't even know each other. We don't need to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like that. Anthony Smith, I think he, he gets a good guy alert for sure, right? Yeah. Oh, He's yeah, He's a pretty yeah, good yeah, guy yeah. alert, yeah. All right, number two on our top three is, like, so incredibly exciting. I'm excited for this. And I am so glad we remembered because it actually happened uh, like a couple weeks 14 ago. 14 years ago. But here we go. So Laura Senko is going to be the first full-time female commentator in the UFC. She like does interviews. She does like these like promotional spots a la Megan O'Leary, mm-hmm. like the behind the scenes stuff. We've seen her for a very long time, um, but she is finally going to get that chance to be a commentator. Um, and so I think it's interesting to like look back because she didn't just like get this. She's not just like freaking beautiful and blonde and lucky. Mm-hmm. She used to fight for the all women's fighting organization Invicta <laughs> and I don't want to be a liar she did only have one fight but she did fight that one time and she won yeah that she one did time. she did um also just you know George knows about all these older organizations better than I did but like can you just listen to the list of the women not just who were in Invicta but who fought on that one card that Laura Senko fought on tell me Paige Van Zandt Joanne Calderwood Jojo Tisha Torres Titi Leslie Smith Carla Esparza Raquel Pennington who's also fighting on this week's UFC card Rosia Namajunas who is a current champ and Amanda Nunez who's a current champ like, double champ double champ current and double champ mm-hmm. yes like crazy Anyway, so she got pregnant soon after that fight card. And instead of like totally putting her fighting career on hold, she just moved, moved uh, to the other lane, which would be commentating, interviewing, you know, getting her own mic, if you will. That's right. And back then, too, it was hard. It was even harder for women to make money in MMA. Like, yeah, it was just a smaller pool back then. Right. And that's. That's, it's what it was, but she started her on-camera interviews with Invicta. Then fast forward a few years later, literally just getting better and better and better. She was already a natural, it seems, but um, she's always been part of Dana White's Contender Series, even as the commentators ro- rotated throughout the weeks and seasons, like Laura Sanko was part of every broadcast. And since she was such an integral part of Dana White's 
contender series she finally had the opportunity to showcase her commentator skills at the end of august she was just like a last minute replacement but her debut went so freaking awesome along with that she did the post fight interviews so so she did like the whole dang thing and dana white was like super impressed and really liked her and this is like huge and amazing for laura senko and we're so happy for her but it's like finally awesome that we're getting some more women behind the mic i agree it's awesome and she deserves it and she's a great ambassador i guess to women in the fight game everywhere is that a word i don't know yeah, whatever I think, I'm, I not, think I'm, that's I'm not true. down with the lingo all i know is that she's fucking awesome and we're gonna officially say it. holding hands and throwing fists loves her yes um, I saw a video recently of her hitting the pad. She looks good. Right. She, she looks fucking like really good hitting the pads. Yeah. And goes to the gym and things like that. But um, she's just like not a professional MMA fighter. Anyway, number two was like super positive and classy. And like, I'd like us to move away from that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Uh, I've been waiting for this because this is ridiculous. Uh, I'm addicted to this drama. We got MMA reporters drama media drama and and mma beef at its finest MMA right beef at its finest right now okay so there's two guys right ariel hawani who's like the number one mma journalist basically in the world and brendan schaub who is the least funny comedian on the planet oof oof you're not trying to get in this drama we're just trying to tell them about the drama we've we've already spoken i've spoken about brendan schaub a bunch on this podcast yes if i have. ever meet him i would love to fucking hang out i'm sure it would be fucking cool but we are just two opposite fucking people yes he's successful i'm not he <laughs> And if we went down to every other thing, pick red or blue, he'd pick red. I pick blue. Yes. Like we just go down all the way. To f- blah blah blah. <laughs> See, I don't have that much in common with Ariel either, but whatever. <laughs> we have more in common with Ariel. It's yeah, because it's East Coast versus West Coast, straight up LA entertainer versus New York Jew power. <laughs> you better believe we're picking that New York Jew power with Ariel. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> Ariel has like a legitimate journalism background that he he basically willed his career into existence as he jumped on the MMA circuit while still in college at Syracuse in the early two thousands. So like super legit journalist. Uh, Brendan is a legitimate former UFC light heavyweight, uh, I'm sorry, heavyweight fighter. Uh, he's turned into a comedian, mm-hmm. <laughs> quotation marks, and podcaster. Uh, Brendan always spews rumors and bullshit. And that includes that Ariel was like the worst person to work with. Behind the scenes, Brendan apologized via text for spreading lies, but Ariel wanted a public apology you because he's like that. Freaking rightly so, yo. Yeah, you can't go on there and have millions of people watching your shit and then just fucking spread shit. And then, you can't, no, especially when the MMA world is so small and the known journalists in that world are like not even a handful. You can't start talking shit about the only one whose name everyone knows. And I'll be honest, I heard Brendan talk about that shit a bunch of times and Joe Rogan talk about that shit over the years. And, and I was like, yo, maybe Ariel really, it, it skewed my perception of Ariel too. Because here's here's the deal about Ariel too. He he claims to be like this weak little whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he is, he's one of the most powerful people in MMA. Let's not get it twisted. But I also think he's not that shitty of a person. He seems to be pretty straightforward and you know who he is. Um, yeah. So that's the deal. But he's, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, we're team Ariel Hawani on this, but he definitely stirs any pot he could possibly yeah, stir. Yeah, yeah, and then be like, "Oh no, I'm I'm too frail. I don't, I, I don't want to yeah, fight." But like Holmes, you opened 
this up. Yeah. This time he did it. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's a shitster. It resulted, so the whole thing result, resulted in a back and forth shit talking. And I got to tell you, Ariel, Ariel's a fucking wimp, right? He doesn't know how to ride a bike. He's anxious about everything imaginable, even more so than me. He eats his steak well done with ketchup, but he is beating the fuck out of Brendan in this shit talking. Do you know, like, George will, like, be going into the shower and put on, like, Ariel's rants. He'll come out and make me listen to it again. He'll be, like, laughing when he's supposed to be working because he's listening to He'll talk about this um, on his podcast. So that's how we're hearing everything. Like both of these guys, Brendan and Ariel, are talking about it on their podcast. But he, George is obsessed and I'm definitely invested now. Like you've gotten me. Yeah. It's it's good. This I is mean, good. Ariel, Ariel's words are like, his word choice is like a true Jewish slash Greek mother, especially after someone on Brendan's show said something about Ariel's family. Then it got even <laughs> fucking crazier, right? And you, that's very kind of you to just say someone and not even say, who whatever yeah. yeah i mean i'm not even really sure but whatever here are some of my favorite things that my favorite knockout punches that ariel threw out i love it <laughs> let me ask you this how many times have you heard me talk about him on any of the shows i have how many times have i talked about the state of his career zero now let me ask you how many times have you talked about me behind the scenes who cares about who <laughs> and we can we know that's true. We listen to Ariel enough. George has listened to Ariel long enough yeah. to know that that is absolutely true. And like George alluded to before with Shab's attempt to become a comedian, like we watched his special to try to support him because, oh, you God. know, it's nice to support people. Oh, God. Exactly. Like Ariel could say some shit that is true about Brendan. Yeah. Also, I got to tell the story because I have the opportunity because it was just so fucking so great. He, he's uh, Brendan Schaub started a podcast called The Fighter and the Kid, right? And I listened to it on and off for whatever, like a year and a half. And they did this tour. Um, so I was like, you know what? I bought two tickets. I fucking hit up Matt Gelbs. I was like, yo, you want to go see this thing? I'm like curious, see how it is. Me and Matt Gelbs would go get a couple burgers, a couple drinks before. Where was it? It was at, um, I could picture it. It was on the east side by like Baruch. But I, what fucking goth uh fuck oh it was like an actual comedy club where did you we went to go see less than jake there not the terminal five no 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 with nick and andreas andreas let us know where the fuck we saw gotham city no it wasn't gotham comedy club anyway whatever. anyway sorry so it was fucking awful it was i thought it was awful and then i walked out and i told matt i was like dude Wait, who's the who else who's he with with that it was it was brendan and brian callen it was the two of them doing their thing. It was not good. I did not have a good time there at all besides the fact that I was with Matt and just kind of hanging out. And I walked out and I was like, Matt, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I thought like, I think it was pretty bad. And then this random fucking person walking out at the same time as me goes, dude, that was fucking awful. Oh, okay, I'm never going to listen to the podcast again. And I don't think either. Uh, he was pretty adamant. He wasn't going <laughs> to. And I don't think I have either. But that was awesome because normally when people come up to me, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody I don't know. But he came up to me and was like, bro, that was fucking awful. Eek. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> anyway, moving anyway. on. Ariel also said, is he mad at someone? Then come out and say it. That's right. <laughs> uh, very nice on text, but on the show. Blah, 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 blah. Which one is it? Oh, and then uh, <laughs> last two points. One, 
Brian Callen called Ariel sensitive many times. This drama is fucking getting deep right here. <laughs> Ariel said, don't talk about me. Talking about I'm sensitive, you don't know me. This is the first time I've ever said your name on this show. You have enough things to worry about, my man. You have enough things to worry about, my man. Brian Callen is Brendan Schaub's co-host, co-founder, and best friend who's been hiding in Italy because he's been accused of rape. Oh, shit. And this Holmes is going to fucking go with Brendan and start talking shit about Hawani's family? I don't fucking think so. I don't think so. Then Ariel ended my favorite rant that he said with, stop talking about me. Last warning, done. Go back to your jokes, little bits, and your 50 podcasts no one listens to. Mic drop. Mic drop. So good. So whatever. I'm wrapped up in the drama and... It's worth following. It's fun. It's worth following. It might be dead now, though. It might be dead now, but we're going to see. I put the final nail in the coffin. At least this week we have fights, and next week we might actually have a top three about something more fight directly Oh, come on. Don't don't sell ourselves short. I think we were pretty good this week. Eh. (laughs) Anything else? Nope. All right. Fuck it. Later, guys. This episode is brought to you by Norm MacDonald. Thanks for all the laughs. R.I.P. Mm -hmm.